Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Marvel toys, as well as Star Wars, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Welcome to the Marvelicious Toys 2015 first show. Happy New Year, guys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And this is Justin. And once again, we have a bevy of people joining us. So guys, why don't you introduce yourselves and state your collecting background. We're going to start with Jeff. Oh, thank God you guys showed up. I was sitting here for two weeks locked in. I forgot to bring my key. Oh, did you guys bring any food? <laughs> While you were in here, did you at least take some pictures of some hot toys for me? I took pictures, but they will never see the light of day. <laughs> Chris. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be here. I pretty much collect the Hasbro when it comes to Marvel. I kind of pick and choose on the Funko, Diamond Select, and the Lego lines. Dabeed. Hey, I'm Dabeed from MarvelToyNews.com. I'm really glad to be here again. I collect everything Marvel pretty much, a little bit of everything from Marvel Legends to Marvel Universe to Sideshow, Kotobukiya, Marvel Mashers, Figma, SH Figure Arts, Lego, all of them. And I'm excited to reflect back on 2014. And Barrett. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. It's Barrett, Master Collect Them All from the forums, one of your video enhancers. And I collect mostly Hasbro, three and three quarter. I will collect anything that catches my eye that I really want. I do stay away from the high end collectibles a lot because of the pricing, uh, you know, but I will pick and choose on those if I really uh, like a piece. I do collect a lot of the clothing, though. I, I do have a son. He's 10 years old, so I try to keep him uh, fresh to death in clothing that it comes with Marvel t-shirts and hoodies and hats and stuff like that. So it's good to be back, um, ready to talk 2014 and look ahead in 2015. Now, 2014 to me seemed to be a focusing year. I noticed that my collecting is quite a bit different. For that, I actually credit slash blame Hot Toys just because they've taken so much of my money that I bought less crap. I have bought less just random wrist bracelet snappers and notebooks and t-shirts and earbuds. These kinds of things have all kind of gone by the wayside as I've been buying, you know, premium format figures, hot toys, and then yeah, the Hasbro stuff. I was wondering if you guys found yourself collecting more or less or different as the year went on. And so we'll kind of go in that same order. Justin, what about you? I've always been just kind of loosey-goosey, no rules with my collecting anyway. So nothing's really changed for me. But looking back on the year, I feel like it was a lighter year in collecting in some respects. But I think that's just because of how we spoke about last time that three and three quarter inch action figures weren't as plentiful this time around. But then I look at it in another way and I'm like, 
wow, I have way more legends than I did at the beginning of the year. So I think it kind of balanced out. And in the long run, I think I spent more just because it's $20 per figure instead of 10. But yeah, like I still just kind of pick and choose what I like here and there. The occasional hot toy purchase and the all in on Marvel Legends. Did you get the hot rods that match your legs? I did not. Hmm? That sounded weird <laughs> if you didn't know about his tattoos. Because <laughs> that sounded totally dirty. <laughs> I thought about it and I thought about it and kind of like we were speaking earlier, I couldn't plunk down 300 bucks for a repaint of the Iron Patriot that I already have. Dabid, what about you? You mentioned a lot of stuff you collect. Have you found that that is evolving at all over the year? 2014 was a weird year for me. I, I actually became less focused as a collector because my all-time favorite collectibles company for making Marvel products stopped making Marvel products, which was Bowen Designs, who was sort of the innovator for Marvel mini busts and statues and those sorts of things. And after the first couple months of 2014, they didn't really have any more products coming out anymore, which was a pretty big loss because up until this year, Bowen Designs probably put out more statues per year for Marvel than Sideshow, Gentle Giant, Kotobukiya, all of those other companies put together. So I've been experimenting a little bit more and it's giving me more money to try out things like Sideshow and Kotobukiya and so forth. That's a really good point. We are definitely going to talk more about Bowen this show. And you, you spent some of my money this year, Dabid, through your Marvel Toy News blog. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Mojo in a little bit. Sorry, Marjorie. <laughs> That's all right. He treats me well. Marjorie, what about you? I mean, you and I collect a little bit differently. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you are like crazy all in guy and I am very loosey goosey and just kind of buy what I like. The more absurd is kind of like what I like. I don't really buy action figures all that much. I do have a few select ones. I do have a Rocket Raccoon Legends and, you know, I found like a Duplo Captain America at a toy show once and that kind of stuff. I do love the Funko Pops. Those are amazing. But one thing I really went crazy for this year was the mystery minis, like the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Marvel minis that were put out by Funko, those little tiny ones that were like two inches tall and blind boxed. I'm a blind box person. I love blind box things, and these were fantastic. I also kind of delved into the other lines there with our horror mystery minis as well, and those are all a lot of fun. But I was really disappointed in the lack of tchotchke and just crap merchandise that wasn't out with like Guardians and Winter Soldier. I had a hard time actually finding Winter Soldier items and not a whole bunch of Guardian stuff either, except for like stuff on Etsy. Oh, just wait. I'm sure you'll find it this year with Avengers. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the Avengers stuff is kind of blah compared to some of the other things. Uh, you still got Hulk and Black Widow and Cap and... Chris, what about you? I find last year was kind of strange in that Everything seemed to come in spurts. There wasn't like a steady amount of things to go track down. So I found myself being at times very focused and at other times just not really having anything Marvel-wise that kind of falls within my, my collecting area. One of the things that I have done is I revamped my collecting room. I have a room dedicated to my collection. And it kind of also made me realize going through that process that I'm running out of space so I'm also having to contend with that now. Um, I can store stuff, but I don't want to just have totes and totes and totes of storage. So it's kind of made me be a little bit more discerning as to what I'm going to buy. So what have you kind of cut back on? I haven't bought as many of the, the three and three quarter inch. I've kind of focused more 
on the Legends, which is ironic because they take up more space. But I also pick and choose, much like Justin. I'm not necessarily all in on anything. Guardians of the Galaxy, like we discussed in the last uh, episode, kind of got me by surprise. I hadn't planned to go all in, but I fell in love with the movie and went all in on those. So it's kind of been, other than that, just kind of picking and choosing what I really enjoy. And Baron, what about you? How's your collecting changed in 2014? You know, I have to agree with Chris that 2014 was a weird year. And uh, on top of that, I I actually have went back to school to finish up my degree. And I had to start selling um, a lot of my collection that I have been collecting over the years to actually pay for my education. And that was very sad, by the way. Very sad. It's like it's like selling your children because you spend all this time, all this money, all this gas to go and find these things that you love. And then you have to turn around and sell them. But it's it's for a bit. It's for the best. But what I found is what I was doing with my collecting was I was just picking out things that I like. And I found that what I've been doing is more character focused now, which is very easy if you're a Wolverine fan. I mean, they're always releasing Wolverine items. And if you're a Wolverine fan, you can go ahead and buy that. But I've been focusing my collection character focused. So like Hulk and Captain America and Red Skull and stuff like that. So I'm not actually buying the entire line of figures in in a line anymore, but I'm more character focused. And a lot of my collecting also has been clothing and as Marjorie put it, little tchotchkes. Like I picked up a lot of the bottle openers that they have been selling, like the Thanos bottle opener and the Ghost Rider bottle opener and stuff like that. So it was a weird year for me, a weird year for me. I I kind of slowed down on my collecting, but it's actually more focused to what I am enjoying, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's even though you did it for school, which, as you say, is a great reason to do it. I think that's something all collectors go through is eventually you go from the amassing into the curating stage and the, you know, refinement. Otherwise, no matter who you are, you will eventually run out of space. You know, Baron, I, I kind of had a similar experience this year. I didn't sell off my collection or go back to school, but I did pack up and move houses this year. And man, I tell you, it just takes one time to go through <laughs> everything you own, pack it up very carefully and move it across town to make you rethink what you're buying and what you're putting on shelves. I'd say 85% of my collection is still boxed up and in storage now. I will say, guys, we moved like three years ago, and there was a 30-minute period after we moved in our new house, and we were in a swarm of boxes where Arnie had quit collecting. (laughs) (laughs) I even got on Sideshow's site and canceled all my pre-orders, which about a week later led to a very uncomfortable, yeah, I canceled a bunch of pre-orders that had non-refundable deposits. Uh, Can I get those orders placed again? No wonder you're on their hit list, man. (laughs) (laughs) We figured it out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, going going through my collection, I I literally took everything down that I had up and and rearranged the, the shelving units I have and the display cases I have and started fresh. So I, you know, just about touched every piece in my collection that I own. And when you've done that, it's quite a chore. And, you know, my collection is, isn't as big as some other people's. So I can only imagine trying to do that on a bigger scale. But you kind of get an appreciation for maybe it's time to slow down and enjoy what I have a little bit instead of focusing so much on amassing, you know, the next thing that's coming out. Oh, wow. Man, we're sounding like a crew of old folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're like, we can't keep up with the young ones. Now, I will say that I've had a similar year in certain regards and that I've really focused this year on trying to get some of my stuff displayed. If you've been following Marvelicious Toys on Facebook and Twitter, you've seen I've posted certain photos. I've finally been getting some art framed and hung and been getting out some statues. And there is a moment of revelation of I had rooms, plural, earmarked for these statues and realizing they're filling up a heck of a lot faster than I had really thought they would. So there is that level of, crap, what do I do with it now? And that is helping me to kind of, again, steer away from some of the crap, steer away from snap bracelets and things, and really think about what I'm getting. But also, it hasn't pulled me back any, even though I have no idea what to do with my Marvel figures. I'm like, that's low rung on the totem pole. I've put out the Funkos, I'm putting out the statues, I'm putting out the hot toys. I'm basically, from most expensive to least expensive, figuring out how to display stuff. And the figures are hitting the bottom of that rung, and I don't know what to do yet. But man, I'm not going to slow down. I love these things too much. I don't get crazy. I don't hear everybody saying they're going to slow down. We just stopped and thought about it for a few minutes. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I think that's the better way to put it. <laughs> Well, let's take a look at what Hasbro's done. I mean, in a way, I have slowed down. Like you said, Justin, there's just less to buy, or at least of interest to me, because Hasbro came out like two years ago and said, we are putting out too many items. We have too many colors of Furbies. We have too many action figures, way too many toys going out, and we're not seeing as much profit. So they had a company-wide initiative to pull back on the number of items they make. And we have certainly seen that. Uh, they pulled back on a number of items that interest us. But the, items, the number of items they make, come on, mashers are out there now. Those squeeze leg figures are out there now. There's still just as much stuff. They're just, they're slowly telling us, hey, collectors, we don't care about you. Well, I'm buying those mashers. When you guys first mentioned the mashers, I thought it was a really big elaborate hoax. I thought that... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you had taken the assemblers from last year and you were trying to make fun of it and that it was just a big hoax and they weren't real. And then I walked into Toys R Us and they were there and my jaw just dropped. And I went through a couple months where I was like, these are the dumbest things that Hasbro has ever done. This is going to kill Hasbro. And then I walked in one day and they had Loki and I was like, well... I buy everything that's Loki, so I'll get this Loki masher. And then Deadpool came out, and I got Deadpool, and I opened him. And I was surprised because I've got him right here on my desk right now even still, and he might be my favorite Deadpool figure that I own. He's got tons of articulation, and they put these ankle rockers into him, and he's got this cool Venom arm that I can stick onto him as if he had the symbiote on him. And, like, he's a pretty great toy. I can see where Hasbro would think that kids would like these, and... Judging by the amount of these that they're putting out, hopefully some kids are actually buying them. Whereas I think they were having a hard time with the uh, Marvel Universe line, which is why they tried to rebrand it into Marvel Infinite series. But I think superhero mashers might be killing the Infinite series. You know, David, you bring up a very good point, and it doesn't hit me so hard, but I'm going to volley back to like Barrett and Justin and Chris a little bit about articulation. This mashers figures. Let's take away the fact that I can put a Hulk head on a Deadpool body or that I can put a Spider-Man arm onto Captain America. Because really, who wants to do that? Little kids. Little, little kids. But 
Dabid has something really pointed out that I hadn't considered. Because of the break-apart points, these are some of the best articulated figures that Hasbro's been releasing in a long time. And yes, they're not page-accurate or screen-accurate by any means. They have their own style going on. But is there something cool there? Hey, I can admit that there is something a bit cool there because I've picked up a few of them. You know, I've looked at them more than once in the store. And I will say that I do have a couple problems with them. One is their articulation is not universal across the line. As Dabid mentioned, Deadpool has ankle rockers. Well, there's other ones. I think Iceman I picked up, his ankles aren't articulated at all, which is just confusing considering I think most of the legs on these people are from the same mold, if I'm not mistaken. And then the other thing that bothers me is all the little holes in their arms and legs and backs to put on their accessories. That just kind of ruins it for me. But this is a line that I really could have liked because I'm the guy who collected the G.I. Joe Sigma 6 figures. Remember those about 10 years ago? Those oversized, overly cartoonish, chiseled jaw type of figures they had out? These are very similar in style to that. Yeah, and to answer your question about if kids think they're cool, you know, I my son is 10 years old and we pass by these figures a few times and when you look at the Iceman figure and you know Justin you you got me years ago with this translucent stuff I mean I'm so influenceable <laughs> yeah. you know I'm like that is really cool I'm gonna start collecting translucent figures you know I'm special like Justin but they the translucent figures are very cool but I didn't pick up that Iceman they have a Ghost Rider in that Mashers lineup that is really cool looking but doesn't appeal to me. You know, I picked up for my son and I said, hey, you know, you want to try this Deadpool or this thing? And he's like, you know, they kind of look like He-Man figures and He-Man figures suck. And I'm like, OK, I guess we're not picking up any mashers. So, you know, more power to people who like them. They're just not my style. I've bought a few of the mashers. Now, I'll admit I bought the first couple I bought. A, just because of the characters, I thought they looked like a couple of the better ones. The Iron Patriot, just being an Iron Patriot fan. And the Doctor Doom, because I thought the Masher looked kind of like a Doombot. And I also bought them because it was a very slow period, and I thought we needed something to review for the show. <laughs> so I took one for the team, bought a couple of them, we reviewed them. I did buy the Venom after that, and I think... That where there's a character focus, I could see myself getting it, but I really tend to shy away from them. I want to see that Iceman in person. I will get the Ghost Rider. That is one of my favorite sub-level characters. I can't have a character focus on somebody like Wolverine. I mean, there's just too much stuff. But Ghost Rider? Yeah, I can pick up anything Ghost Rider because there's not that much. So I just don't have a love for that line, though. And I can't explain why, except it just lacks a cool factor that I like in my toys. I like to look at something and be awed by it. And I also do like stylized. Marjorie's mystery minis, I think, are really cool. I love the Funko Pops, and I understand those are all a bunch of repaints. But the Mashers, I think it just looks too much like a play school toy. And I don't get into those play school heroes figures either. But strangely, I absolutely love those weird Mr. Potato Heads they're putting out with like the Dr. Octopus and all of those. I'm with you, Arnie. It's just not a line that I have found that grabs me. I don't think it would display well with what I've got up currently. I kind of like the more realistic on the movie side and the, the comic-based figures. I'm not too much when it comes to stylized. I have a focus on Thor and War Machine, mostly Iron Man 2 War Machine with all the chunky War Machine. And 
I know that they did a Thor in that, and I haven't been able to bring myself to pick that up. I just it just doesn't fit in, and it hasn't grabbed me. I mean, I, I think it's a good idea for kids. I really do. I think that kids could sit there and you you can mash up your hence the name your favorite superhero and be like, hey, look, I got a Dead Hulk or whatever, you know. So I think it's cool in that regard, but I don't know from a collecting standpoint, if it's grabbed the way maybe they thought it might with the collectors. I want to buy my toys that don't look like toys. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I kind of agree. I think that I'm an adult collector who can enjoy a toy, but that's not necessarily what I'm out looking for. It's kind of a weird thing. But Justin, I think they've always made this stuff. To go back to your original argument that they've made a lot of stuff, I think they've always made this stuff. They've had the play school heroes for years. They did the larger play school heroes with the squeezable legs that are now on clearance a lot of places. They've had the squeeze the leg six inch figures for a long time. But when we started Marvelicious Toys, I mean, it seemed like every month we had a new wave of Marvel Universe figures. And then every once in a while, there was a smattering of legends. Toys R Us had those exclusive two packs and things. And that was you know, over four years ago. Now it seems just like we had three waves of figures this past year in the three and three quarter inch scale and four in the six inch scale. Yeah. I mean, maybe you got close to saying something there. It's, it almost seems as if Marvel collecting has suffered from the popularity of Marvel movies. Because what got us into this wasn't necessarily the movie stuff. It was just the idea of the Marvel universe in general. And the more the movies got bigger and bigger, the more focus was put towards those things. And now I think what we're seeing is that focus completely being torn away from the three and three quarter inch figure lines, especially in the comic versions. And we first noticed that back in 2011. I remember having conversations. What happened to the Marvel Universe figures? We were reviewing a lot of Avengers figures, but where was the MU that year? That was the first year that you noticed the storm clouds on the horizon. Yeah. You made an interesting point there too, Justin, in that with the, the Marvel Infinite series, we didn't see that get widely released at retail. Most of those waves were online. I have since just recently seen a Red She-Hulk and a Whirlwind at retail, but those took a long time, whereas it was almost exclusively there for a while. You could only get like waves two through four online. Yeah, we spoke about that on our last regular shows that I found a, a Red She-Hulk wave at a Target and was surprised that that was finally making it to retail. Yeah, they've been all over the place with distribution on that, that line. And yet we see weird things happening, though, like that Agent Venom we talked about last week coming out of Walgreens. And I really feel like half or more of our Legends figures this year have been exclusives between the Toys R Us 5-pack, the Toys R Us X-Men wave, and Agent Venom. And then San Diego Comic-Con's five-pack. That means we had... Don't forget the, the three-pack from Target we just got. You're right. So that is 19 exclusive Legends figures. Wow. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, but six of those you can't really count as exclusives. That was... Yes, they were exclusives, but they weren't made to be exclusives. They just found distribution that way. But it's still quite a large number for a single year. And on the main line, we had what? One wave of Spider-Man, one wave of Captain America, and one wave of Guardians? No, you, well, you actually had two of Spider-Man and two of Captain America, and then one of Guardians, because some of those figures were swapped out. That's right, that's right. So, But it wasn't totally new figures. It was a couple swap, swapped figures there. Correct. It was maybe two or three, oh, you know, in each one that was swapped. 
So given that, we probably are at a 50-50 ratio exclusive to full retail. That sounds fair. <laughs> but what they did there was the swap-out figures had the exact same pieces as each other, which looking forward to this year, I think that may be a thing of the past. It looks like the swap-out figures this time around are going to make variants of your Build-A-Figures, starting with Odin. There's going to be two different versions of Odin's head. Yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, I kind of like the idea of the swap-out coming with the same piece, so I don't have to feel like if I don't really want that figure, you know, I don't have to get it. So it's it's kind of a 50-50. I kind of, I'm on the fence on how I feel completely about that yet. <laughs> I'm kind of with you, but for the a different reason is because I know I'm going to buy them all anyway. But my question is, is am I going to need to buy everything else twice so I can display Odin both ways? Or am I going to oh. be okay with just swapping them out? Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm, the kind, I'm the kind of collector. I'm okay just swapping them out. But even so, it's, you know, and I... Being Thor, I want the Odin, so I want all the pieces. So I'm, I've am i decided that when that case goes up for pre-order, I'll be pre-ordering that whole case. And I'm good with the swap out. There have been a couple of figures, the Black Widow for Captain America and the Star-Lord for Guardians, where I did buy extras just so I could do the alternate head displays. And I guess I kind of did with the Captain America from the 3-pack, but I, and that's just because I just kept buying 3-packs to find good paint jobs. <laughs> and let me transition to that topic. <laughs> Hasbro's overall quantity is down, but their quality is way down, right? I mean, and it's not just with their Marvel figures. I go to Star Wars toy sites as well, and across the board, unanimously, I see paint apps are just sloppier and less exacting than they were a few years ago. You look at some of those re-released figures like the Guardians and compare them to the Marvel 3-pack, you see a difference. We spend way too many hours in toy aisles comparing paint of different figures. And it's it's across all their lines. I'm sure if we bought other things like Joe, we'd find the same things. And it's not just one figure. I called out Agent Venom last show, but this Target 3-pack. I had to buy three of the 3-packs just so I could swap heads around and body parts around. The only one that was 100% perfect 100% of the time was the all-translucent radioactive man. Well, he had no paints. Well, he had They're a little, little, but it's becoming a little bit ridiculous that I get my wave and Storm has a bad paint job and I have to go out and find a new Storm and I just, almost every wave I get, at least one figure needs a replacement. And I'm not being overly picky. It's it's a toy. I take it as such. But if somebody's eye is on their chin like an old Jubilee, that's a problem. <laughs> and it's the fact that the money that we're paying, you know, the prices keep going up on these figures. You would expect that the quality to at least stay the same and not go down. That's a great point. I think that, you know, if you guys are, well, from what Arnie's saying, it sounds like we're exactly the same. If there's three or four of the same figure, I pull all of them down and I start comparing them before I walk away with the one I think is the best. And I I don't think we should have to do that, especially at depending on the line, 20 bucks a pop or 10 bucks a pop. And you're right, it's not just limited to their Marvel line. Uh, it seems to be across the board, but it is something that they've kind of, they've skirted around the issue. From what I've seen, I know they've kind of said, yeah, well, we're working on it. It's not that bad. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, when are they going to actually say, yeah, we know we got a problem. We got to fix it. Man, it might change my mind on these mashers. They got really good paint apps and they got really good articulation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe I do need to have my eyes checked because I feel like I've had more problems with red She-Hulk arms than I have with paint across the entire year of buying Marvel stuff. I haven't heard anything from Hasbro about the paint apps. I've definitely noticed that the quality has gone down a lot this year. And it's pretty unfortunate because we got the price increase for Marvel Legends this year. So stores are selling them for $20 to $22 each. So they're only $1 or 2 or $3 less now than the Diamond Select, Marvel Select figures. And those come with giant bases and are larger figures. And the paint apps on those are almost always perfect. So I feel like Hasbro really needs to get their act together next year. It all started with that black-suited, green-painted Spider-Man. Big-time Spider-Man. It all started with big-time Spider-Man. After that, everything went downhill. Oh, which came first, Jubilee or big-time Spider-Man? Big-time Spider-Man, I think, hit before Jubilee did. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one where I had, like, an eBay save search up for one with good paint before I just gave up. (laughs) (laughs) But that was was a manufacturing screw-up as opposed to, like, a one-off mishap. You know, there was no hope of finding a good one of those. Those were all bad. What we're talking about is just overall quality control. And I guess guess you're right. It does seem to be not as high of a standard as it used to be. Well, I mean, I think David made a good point on the on the Marvel Selects, but also something, you know, that's not that much more expensive. I realize it's not articulated, but Kotobukiya, with what they've done this year with their stuff, it's not that much more expensive to jump into Kotobukiya, and their stuff is gorgeous, you know? So you would think for, for what we're paying for Hasbro, they could get the paint apps right most of the time. Well, we're... Kotobukiya has a much higher MSRP. I mean, we're talking now you've made a huge jump. Diamond Select, I think, is at least comparing apples to bigger apples, whereas with Kotobukiya... Wait, are we talking about Sideshow? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Whereas with Kotobukiya, you're now talking apples and frozen dinners. Because the MSRP on the Artifacts Plus Kotobukias are anywhere from $65 to $85 versus $20 to $25 for a Marvel Legends figure. That said, Kotobukiya gets my award of the year for best company. Their Adi Granov Avengers line, just each figure impresses me more than the last. I haven't gotten my Iron Mans in yet. I can't wait to get those and have the entire roster assembled. And the, the X-Men look even better. Well, and if you were patient, you could pick them up for less than MSRP, too. Yeah, and they're not that hard to find. I was a little worried about some of them. Other than the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Grey Hulk, there is no Artifacts Plus statue you can't get at Amazon with free shipping for less than retail. And some as low as 45 I still think that's a big jump from 25 Doesn't Barnes & Noble have them, too? Yeah. And not, I mean, not as cheap, but if you need one in hand or you know, don't have Prime or anything on Amazon, Barnes & Noble has them. And if you're a member, you get like 10% off. And a lot of times they have sales. Dabid, you called out Kodo earlier. What What is your favorite stuff they've done? The Juggernaut that they made this year, the Fine Arts statue Juggernaut, is pretty amazing. I don't know if I would say it's my favorite Juggernaut statue ever because I have the first Bowen Designs Juggernaut statue by the Kucharik brothers. But this is really good, and I like that they're continuing on with these sixth-scale statues because without Bowen Designs out there doing it, no one else really is making Marvel statues in that scale. And they're also pretty affordable as opposed to if you were going to get like a Juggernaut premium format statue from Sideshow, that would be $550. But with Kotobukiya Juggernaut, it's only about $250, and it's a pretty amazing statue. 
I agree with that. The one thing I would say there is it wasn't until I really started getting into the sideshow stuff that I realized how much smaller the Kodo stuff is. The Kodo stuff is really in almost a one-sixth scale, whereas the sideshow premium format's a one-quarter scale. So there's a quite a big size difference there. But in some cases, that's a benefit. You can just display more one-sixth scale statues. And in terms of sculpting and detail and paint, their fine art statues are every bit as good, if not better, than Sideshow. I have yet to have a Kodo fall over on me twice. Did you get into their Artifacts Plus, Dabeen? I did get into their Artifacts Plus. I got Hulk and I got Black Widow and I was happy with them, but I'm not as excited about the Avengers as I am about next year's line. The X-Men are like my bread and butter and the lineup that they put together with Beast and Cyclops and Magic of the New Mutants and Emma Frost and Magneto in there, that just looks like an amazing, amazing lineup. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the prototypes for those, hopefully in New York in February. Now, you mentioned Bowen, and I kind of wanted to talk about them a little bit. Bowen is such an iconic company for the longtime Marvel collectors. Bowen is actually a reason that I didn't collect Marvel for about a decade. Because there'd be some statues I'd look at and be like, that's a really cool Spider-Man, or that's a really cool Captain America. And then I would just go to a convention and see so many mini busts and statues. And I didn't realize that they were 95% Bowen and 5% Diamond Select. And it was so overwhelming. And knowing my urge for completism, I stayed away. And when we started, I think the first Bowen I got was that Modoc that Marjorie bought me. Was that your first Bowen? Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's right behind me, actually. He's fantastic. And I've picked up a few along the way. Just the ones that I like here and there, the and especially if they're on discount. Now, these are even smaller still. These are like 9-inch, 8-inch statues, by and large. Modoc is absolutely huge. The scales run all over the map, but they kind of went out with a whimper because there was all this question. There's contract renegotiations going on. Will the license continue? And there's still been no word, and it's been so long. You, I almost got to think that it's just kind of over. For the longest time, we were still getting sneak peeks of new statues and things. We saw things like a Gamora statue and a whole Guardians of the Galaxy mini bust set and Spiral to go with Mojo and things like that. And about halfway through the year, all of those sneak peeks just stopped and there was no more talk about contract negotiations. Randy Bowen, personally, he's going through a really difficult divorce right now. And I think he has other things on his mind right now other than the business and continuing on with it. And that's why they've been selling off all of their personal pieces online through Rocky's Vault. My gut feeling is that Bowen Designs will come back and do Marvel statues again someday, but I don't think it's going to happen in 2015 because we haven't seen anything that's even close to completion. There's nothing up for order, and we, we don't even know if there is a new contract or if that's still being worked on. Well, you also got to keep in mind there's a new player in town with Disney. I mean, the last time Bowen had a contract, and I, I think I read that one of them was with Disney, but it just may be a much harder playing field and harder to compete. Remember, Hot Toys went on the record and said, we like working with DC more than we like working with Marvel because DC works with only us. And Marvel, there's a lot of people out there making these kinds of products. 
I mean, Bowen Designs tends to make the characters that no other company will touch, usually in a high-end format. So they don't have a lot of competition from Sideshow or Gentle Giant for some of these characters that they want to make statues of that would otherwise never get any kind of high-end representation. So I feel like Disney should want to work with Bowen Designs so that they can make high-end dollars off of some of these characters that otherwise they're never going to get that kind of money from. So I have hope that eventually we we may see Bowen Designs come back, but I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. That's true, but Kotobukiya did try with some of those lesser-known characters, and there's a reason we never got that Rogue way back when, is because they found that they weren't finding success with those. And I know that Randy has talked about Kind of the, this is my term, not his, but the death of the minibus market, that the rising manufacturing and production costs have made minibus untenable and the profit margins on minibus are so exceptionally low now, whereas I have to think that was their bread and butter for a long period. Yeah, Randy has uh, gone on the record and said that minibusts were getting to the point where when you sell a minibus, you would almost have to sell it for as much as a statue to try to make the same amount of profit that you would be looking for so we weren't really getting very many mini busts towards the end they were having a lot of success with the statues especially because they were doing so many versions of the characters and this past winter we got Iceman and we got clear Iceman and we got snowman Iceman from the original x-men and we've gotten so many versions of so many characters that the statues were still doing very well for them but the mini busts were pretty much at the end of their rope which is Kind of what's happening with Gentle Giant now, where we're just getting like a little smattering of mini busts, whereas before they wanted that to be their main core instead of the statues. Yeah, I just wonder if the marketplace has changed where they wouldn't be able to do as well making a character of a forearm or somebody like that the way that they might have for quite some time. And, you know, we talked about the movies changing the collecting. Maybe people are just more focused now on the Captain Americas and the more major characters they're seeing on screen. But to be it, I've hinted at this a couple of times. You did get me to buy something I didn't think I would. And that's Bowen's last statue, that Mojo. I looked at it and I'm like, I like Mojo. I like him from the comics. He's a cool character. I don't need a $350 statue of Mojo. But you pointed out that edition size is exceptionally low. What was that at? $250? Um, I think it might have been $350. I'd have, I'd have to look it up. It's a very low edition size. And it's for a character that I doubt that we will ever see any other high-end representation of Mojo ever again unless he somehow shows up in one of these Fox X-Men movies or something like that. I hesitate to call that particular statue beautiful. It is a, it is a beautiful piece of work. It's not beautiful, but it's a, it's a beautiful grotesque. And I ended up having a store credit over at Entertainment Earth of a couple hundred dollars. So I picked it up for $82 shipped and was very happy with that. But it's because I do like Mojo and you really sold me on how being the last Bowen statue, I might regret it if I don't pick it up with such a low edition size. But I saw that thing on clearance before Christmas. I saw that marked down to as low as $250. And it was all I could do to not start shoving it down people's throats. Like this is a low edition size and now you're getting it for over $100 off. And it still was sitting there for a while. Yeah, I was really surprised and disappointed to see that it was getting clearanced out in stores. Stores like Big Bad Toy Store, who had sold out of the initial pre-orders, it was sold out for the longest time. And then at some point, they 
seem to get some more stock in, which they're clearancing out now. And I'm wondering if Bowen Designs just had some extra pieces left over for replacements that they figured they weren't going to need anymore that they just sent out to retailers. But I would expect that those will sell out pretty well with such a low edition size and for such a good looking piece. Now you talked about variants of statues. One company that's really angered me with their variants this past year, because I think they're taking advantage, is Sideshow. I mean, the repaint of the Deadpool into gray. When they just repainted Storm into her white outfit, I kind of went with it. Then gray Deadpool, I was okay because at least these were limited exclusives. But the three Hulks they did and then redoing the Gladiator Hulk as King Hulk and all of this, it feels to me like they're cheapening their line and just really pumping out way too many with huge edition sizes on these things. I think that Sideshow might have noticed that they were pumping out too many statues too quickly too because we got that Thor the Dark World Thor premium format go up for order back in September and since then I don't think we've seen or heard of anything new coming in the premium format line which is sort of weird because it felt like during the summer we were seeing a new statue every other week. Uh, they put up Emma Frost. Yeah, the last one they put up for pre-order was Emma Frost on August 14th. And since then, they've done a few maquettes, but you're right. It, it was a lot over the summer. They just kept punching us in the face over the summer. And then they kind of decided to take the holidays off. What also happened with Sideshow that was sort of weird was that earlier in this year, they had shown us these teasers for a Star-Lord premium format and a Rocket Raccoon premium format. And there were little banners and ads on their site that those would be coming soon. And now all of those have been pooled. And I, I believe I heard over on the forums that Sideshow is telling people that those are either not going to be coming for a couple of years or not coming at all, which I feel like is really strange, especially considering what a big hit Guardians of the Galaxy turned out to be. I believe those are the same size that they're going to let General Giant make. And when we talked to them at Comic-Con, they said they were going to keep making that size, but General Giant was going to make it also. And I wonder if there's some sort of dispute over who's making what now. And if you look at it, Gentle Giant did come out with the Rocket and Groot and Quarter Scale, which is what that premium format would be. And I talked about when I reviewed the Black Widow Gentle Giant, it's just kind of weird because both Sideshow and Gentle Giant did a quarter scale Captain America in that stealth suit. And it was almost like a race to see who could get it out first. And Sideshow put up that pre-order with no art and no non-refundable deposit just to get people to order. Here's, here's our computer graph of what we expect it to look like. And so I wonder if, again, like we talked about with Hot Toys, just the competition is causing them to pull back because it makes no sense at all, honestly, to have two quarter scale Rocket and Groots out on the market at the same time. Going outside of them, I mean... I'm really looking at XM Studios, and Justin, I know we've talked about XM a little bit on the show, and it's just a shame we can't get them here, but they're Magneto, they're Phoenix, that Phoenix, I would do almost anything to get one except pay the 2800 it's going for on eBay. <laughs> I like that Black Widow. Too bad. <laughs> I ordered the Black Widow. I mean, that's art by Art Germ, who's one of my favorite artists, and he's done a couple DC statues for Sideshow. And if anything would get me to collect DC statues, it's been his art every time. The Power Girl, the Poison Ivy. So yeah, I ordered the Black Widow. But I mean, they're Thor, they're 
Iron Man. I see the Deadpool and the Cable coming. I mean, these guys came out of nowhere. They are doing a lot of statues all of a sudden. And again, all in this one quarter premium format scale. Yeah, they're definitely going to give the competition a run for their money. They've got some cool poses. I kind of like the more muted colors they used. I mean, they're dealing with the comic book versions of these characters, but they're not going over the top. They're almost giving them a, a real world feel to the wash and the color of their costumes here. The biggest problem, though, and Dabit, maybe you have some insight, is getting them in the States. They're not licensed for sale in the U.S., and these things sell out quickly on XM site and then the scalpers take them to eBay and triple the price and get it. Yeah, there's, these aren't officially licensed by anybody to be distributed in America, so there's no really easy way of getting them. Before XM Studios really caught on, you could get them through Big Bad Toy Store who was importing some or you could try to get them from eBay sellers like Secret Compass and they hung around there for a little while, but lately it's just gotten crazy. Like since they've really started to catch on with people, I got an Ant-Man statue on order during the 15 minutes that Big Bad Toy Store had them, but otherwise it sold out instantly. I think Phoenix and Wolverine and Thanos all sold out within maybe a minute or two of Big Bad Toy Store putting up their pre-orders for them, and they're selling for thousands of dollars now online. I feel like maybe raising the edition size might be in order for them next year because their products are just selling out so quickly and are getting so astronomically expensive on the aftermarket. But maybe they like to keep them limited to keep that demand high. I'm not really sure. Now, for the longest time, I could have gotten some of them on Big Bad Toy Store. I kept looking and the Iron Man, the Captain America, and the Hulk were all available. The Black Widow sold out before I could catch it. The Phoenix sold out and the Magneto was sold out before I ever got there. But now it seems like their name's getting around because every single thing Big Bad Toy Store has is sold out. And they don't even send alerts for this. Big Bad Toy Store is really good about sending me an email every time they get a new high-end Marvel product in stock. They don't even send those for these things. I don't think they need to. They're just there and gone, huh? They sometimes send out the alerts. I got the alert for Wolverine and I got the alert... It loaded up on my phone the minute that like the alert went out. I clicked the link, I went to their site, it was sold out, and that was the end. Yeah, I think that we're going to see a shakeup in the high-end collectibles market, though. I don't think the market can bear having a Play Imaginative, a Hot Toys, a Sideshow, a Gentle Giants, an XM Studios. Well, you don't have a Play Imaginative yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, their their large figures have come out though. I mean, we yeah. keep talking about their smaller ones, but they're out there with those eighteen inch monsters. Yeah, that's that is true. I forget about those because it's not in my arena. But you're right. So, looking at other toy companies though, outside of the high end, I mean, we've discussed a little bit Funko with the mystery minis and things, and I gotta wonder how long that bubble's gonna ride too. Funko seems like a company to me that is great on capturing the moment with their reaction figures, with their pop vinyls, previously with their bobbleheads, those lamps that they did. Yeah, but you know how popular their Funko Pops are is there's a guy at work that's a comic book collector and he does not do toys. He's told me this repeatedly, but he comes over, looks at the toys that have been coming into my desk that are your Christmas gifts, admiring them greatly. And not that you got any Funko Pops, but I have some Funko Pops on my desk. And he came over one day and he goes, what are those things with the big black eyes? And Because he, he's real funny. He's kind of gruff about it. And 
I think I may have to get some of those eventually. They're really cute. So they appeal to like all different people. I mean, there's me and I love the cutesy things. And then there's this guy who's like an X-Men diehard fan and only does the comics. And these are turning him into buying toys. You know who they don't appear to appeal to? Is kids. That's right. Kids hate them. No, they don't at all. <laughs> really? I just, yeah. I don't see them moving where they're sold next to toys. My niece and nephew, you know, they'll come over and look, they love to come over and check out my room. And they're like, what are, because I've got a couple of them. They're like, what are those? They look ridiculous. I've offered on more than one occasion to buy Rory a, you know, a Funko Pop because, you know, go to Target and they have a whole bunch of them there. And she, she likes Harley Quinn and stuff like that. And she looks and she's like, eh, no, no thanks. Yeah, a friend of mine at work, her daughter is huge into various franchises because the mother and father are, and she thought for sure this little girl would like the Funko Pops, but she wasn't interested in them whatsoever. Like the Mystery Minis, though, but not the Pops. Maybe it's the movement? I don't know. Maybe because the Mystery Minis have a bobble? My thinking is they keep doing better, and I guess that's what keeps me interested. This year with their X-Men line, with the wheelchair-bound Professor X, and then when they started doing the flocked beast and the flocked rocket raccoon, they keep upping their game. I keep thinking every once in a while, oh, I'm starting to get bored. I mean, they came out with Black Widow this year in the movie line finally, but it was okay. I mean, they all have a pretty standard aesthetic, and if you just do basic human, what is defining them? The color of their outfit and their hair. But where they knock it out of the park and what keeps them going is they keep doing things like the Sharknado Funko Pop that they did. They are very in the now, and they hit all the right nerves, and once they pull you in with one really cool one, which you were already in for the Marvel line and the Star Wars line, and you, we buy outside of those lines because they've got some awesome, awesome stuff. The Sharknado was really cool. I do have the Comic-Con exclusive bloody Sharknado on my desk at work to scare people. You're, you're right on that. They, they've really been able to just capture what's going on right now and what's hot. And then they've gone back into some properties and they've just kind of all these properties that they own other than Marvel that they've gotten into – I mean, they're into Disney huge, which Sarah collects some of those, and they've got Star Wars, and then they've got all kinds of other stuff. They've got pretty much anything you could want in pop culture covered. So there's kind of an entry point for anybody. Don't the Funko, don't they make the reaction figures as well? Yes. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, they're on point. They're on point. I also picked up that Sharknado pop vinyl, and I don't do the bobbleheads, but I could pass that one up. But to Arnie's point is the fact that they do so many properties and have so much stuff out at once kind of take the bloom off the lily a little bit. Like, I was super excited about those reaction figures when they first announced them and they started showing them. And, like, when I saw pictures of them online, I was like, oh, I'm all in on Pulp Fiction. I'm all in on Terminator. I'm all in on this. And then now that I see them at the store, I kind of look, I'm like, eh, yeah, cool. And I don't buy them. I've had that discussion before with, with other collectors around here about when is the Funko bubble going to burst because I feel like they do have their hands in so much that you're absolutely right, Justin, to your point. It, it kind of has lost its specialness, if you will, because it is so big. And really what you come down to is because, especially with the humans, as Arnie was saying earlier, you really, it comes down to the outfit. You have to do something to kind of differentiate it and if you don't continue to evolve, eventually it's just going to get stale. But I think that they keep reinventing the figure so much. And there's so many chances for exclusives because it's very inexpensive to get exclusives. You can do like a very small run 
the problem is you just have to buy them all and sell them. So you get like the glow in the dark. You get the shiny version. Don't forget the black and whites. Yeah, the black and white ones. I mean, there's all different kinds of things they do. I mean, Stan Lee has like eight different versions of himself where he's opening his shirt up and it's the, the whatever logo of the convention they're selling it at. That said, they did say one of their distributors that they've changed their rules for exclusives and one of the comic shops that had like eight i think it was matt cavalcades of comics or something sent an email and said they don't know if they're going to be able to get any more exclusives so i would be for them tightening up the reins and limiting it to a hot topic and now i mean they're starting to get into targets and things like that they've been at walmart's for a while i'd be happy with more retailer exclusives and i gotta say looking at 2015 hit your stores now because in january of this year the exclusive venom punisher spider-man 2099 and symbiote spider-man are hitting walgreens exclusives and that looks like some of the best funkos ever well and i think what we all forgot to mention with these their price point on these is very attractive and most of the time you're getting them for 10 to 15 dollars maybe 20 25 for an exclusive eight yeah i mean they're cheap it's really easy to pick up a few for your desk. I've probably got, I don't know, 60 bucks worth on my desk. I bought the entire regular show and they look different enough from the other ones I've got. I mean, I mean Benson, I mean, he's actually got gumballs in his head that move around. It's super awesome. So it's really cool, Justin. <laughs> I know. I really want that set. <laughs> the other thing is they don't take up a lot of room. They are pretty compact. They are pretty small. You can put a lot of them in a, in a space. So they're not space hogs either. They're attractive price point. They're attractive visually. I mean, the one that everyone, you know, I just got it last week was is the Groot, the potted Groot. That thing is so cute. And that's not a word I throw around very often, but it's absolutely cute. I had to buy two, one for Sarah and one for me, because she's like, one's not enough. We need one for each of us. That might have happened at our house. <laughs> it's almost like they're not bobbleheads. You know, that's that's the only thing that gets me around it because I can't stand the bobblehead thing. You know, the classic bobblehead where you put them on. I hate them, too. Bobbleheads, I want to smash them all. They're freaking creepy. <laughs> but these don't bobble. They do. They're, they're vinyl collectibles. Almost imperceptible. Right. And that's what makes them OK for me. So get ready for your Target exclusive Ant-Man. Well, just kind of finishing up, are there other collectibles in 2014 that you really enjoyed that we didn't mention? I mean, there's still so many out there. The Mini Mates, the Diamond Selects, the Disney Infinity line that I kind of dipped a big toe into a big box of. I was going to say Disney Infinity is one that I didn't I didn't buy the game, but on Black Friday, we went out at like 2 in the morning when no one was out and we could walk around in peace and we actually picked up some. Uh, Sarah got a couple of Disney characters, and I picked up a couple of Marvel characters. It remains to be seen whether we get the game or not, but I think that they're really well done. And I liked, I got the Thor, because that's in within my focus, and I liked the way he's done. And there's a couple other ones I've been eyeing, and I'm like, they just look good on a shelf, even if you never played the game. See, I think they kind of look like Happy Meal toys. I think they look good. I, I would argue that they're they're much higher quality than that. These are well done. I like them. They draw me in. I just don't know if I'm going to get into the game because I don't know if the gameplay is going to be enough to sustain what I'm looking for. But I think the figures themselves, I think that they're great pieces and you don't have to go all in. You can just get the ones you like and be done with it. Well, then all I have to say is don't get the game because we got the game and the way it works is if you played the other type of games like that where you actually have to buy these little figurines in order to play the characters in the game, you will get hooked. And if you already like them now, don't get the game because you will be all in. The game is awesome. <laughs> 
Thanks, Barrett. That's going to make me go get the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that I was kind of slow to warm up to that the last year I've really come to embrace are the Diamond Mini Mates. You know, we don't get Kubricks in the States unless you buy them on eBay or... And I don't even think Kubrick has the Marvel licenses anymore. There have been some old ones. They've got the Happy Coogee, which... Or like a lottery, you pick a card and then you get a number and you that's what number one you get and you get to open that one. But the Minimates are really turning out to be something. They're really robust as far as what they're covering. They're really hard hitting. They've got great packaging, which I will say is one bonus is they pack nicely in a box when you have a lot of them. And they're, they're again, a good price and they're super cute. I'm really starting to come around to those and really, really, really like those. And there, I almost feel like I do with the Funkos, though. There's just such an onslaught of Mini Mates, and they're not cheap. They're $10 or more for a two-pack. The four-packs are 18 and up, sometimes as high as 25 online. And they release so many of them that I really pick and choose. I get the movie ones, especially for, like, Days of Future Past. I got all the movie ones for those, the Wolverine, because, I mean, that's the only way I'm going to get some of those characters is in this mini-mate style. But, man, they're comic-based ones. I like them, but they're just so hard to find unless I pre-order them online or from my comic shop because they just come through, like, water. I love Minimates. I I don't have the money to collect them all because there's just so many of them, but I love the diversity of the characters that they make. If you want a Darcy and Dr. Selvig from the Thor movies, you got them. If you want to have the complete original New Mutants or Alpha Flight from the comic books, they're there. Like They make so much that nobody else does. If you want the human version of the Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man 2, they've got him and Alistair Smythe, who did nothing. They've got him too. <laughs> Great line. Love it. They they might make a little bit too much, but as long as you're picking and choosing, I love it. And they get characters to market faster than anybody else. They're the only company to make an Angela from Marvel now after Marvel acquired Angela from Todd McFarlane. And she's been out now for quite a few months. Yeah, I just went out and picked up the Spawn one to go with my Legends. I just needed another Guardians Legend. But yeah, you're right. They are very fast about that. They pride themselves on doing that. And I do like the style. I didn't realize you liked them that much, Marjorie, because they they don't go into that bare brick and Funko kind of stylized look. They got their own Lego kind of thing going on. But I do like them a lot. At first, I was frustrated that they came with too many tiny accessories that I was frustrated with to do with. But they have way too many hands. You got me a Wolverine, and that might have been the beginning of the end for me adoring these. But he has like a gazillion hands and he's super cute and he came with something else. I don't remember what it was, but I do love them. I don't know how to display them. They're problematic as they like to fall. And I have bags of stands that I bought at New York Comic Con. So that well, then we just have to find a spot for them to make little mini mate scenes. Yeah, send them this way because I love them. You know, that's the one thing that why I buy them is all the little hands. And when you buy like a character like the Human Torch or Nova or something like that, they do come with the stand and the little fire effects. And they're awesome. I mean, for the little scale that they are, you really get a lot for your your buck. And as a collector, that's very attractive to me. Well, it sounds like, too, we, we were talking earlier about a space issue. If you wanted to make a diorama scene... Maybe that's the way to go. It doesn't take up as much space as doing it with, say, something like three and three quarter or even Legends figures where those guys are, are going to take up more of your space. You could do a whole shelf and have this huge battle going and it wouldn't look overcrowded with those. You know, you say that and it made me think of train sets. 
And I did find this weird auction on eBay where somebody was selling a whole bunch of sideshow maquettes and it was really the more sexy ones like, you know, the dark child and he had a goblin queen and some other stuff. But in each auction, he listed, I have found a new love N scale trains. So I'm selling all of my comic book collectibles to go to N scale trains. And that's what I was suddenly thinking is like, you got your HO scale of action figures, your N scale of action figures, <laughs> you know, just whatever scale you feel you can deal with. You, there's a line for you for Marvel toys. That is so true. All right. Well, I want to go down as we wrap up and just ask two questions of everybody. First of all, I just want to know what is the best item you've acquired this year, Marvel collectible, movie related, comic related, whatever it is. Justin, you're up. You know, there's a lot of contenders, and I think I might have even admitted this before, like maybe when we were reviewing it, but to me, nothing beats the Iron Patriot. I mean, the Hot Toys Iron Patriot was the first die cast piece they put out. And I think it really changed the game for what Hot Toys is capable of and what they're going to be doing with these armored figures going forward. So I love that thing the minute it showed up at my door, and I still love it to this day. So it's it's got to be my all-time favorite thing this year. Jeff, what about you? I would say that mine is by far the Titan Hero Series Rocket Raccoon. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did buy that, and boy, did I learn my lesson on that one. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of the year, and then I'm going to go back to the end of the previous year to the Spider-Man Legends. Because to me, even though we've had some great figures coming out, I mean, like I'll look at Captain America, the stealth suit from Winter Soldier, look at Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. But to me, the thing that I'm still completely impressed with is the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Legends figure of Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, a lot of people have said that this is, you know, very close to coming to the level of the old McFarlane Legends figure. I'll go one further. I'll say this surpasses it. To me, it does. A lot of people give it a knock for having too much gaps in the hip area and having the, the wonky shoulders. But I can do things with this figure that I can't do with other Spider-Man figures. The, the only way that this one could be made better at all is if they had interchangeable hands and feet that had magnets in them. And then they would be up there with that, that old Spider-Man 2 figure from Toy Biz. But I'm so impressed by it. Just It's not just the – it's the manufacturing of it as well. I mean, when you look at it, the black lines of the webbing, the whites of the eyes, and the blue on his arms, that's all the paint on this figure. Everything else is molded in either red or blue. And that's even talking – considering the parts uh, – if it's torso, the back part where like the red spider, those are two separate plastics fused together. Take some paint thinner to them. It doesn't come off. You take him, take a look at him, turn him like a, at his waist, turn him about a quarter turn and look down at uh, the belt area. And you'll see inside the belt is a core of blue plastic. So it's like they, they made this body out of blue and then wrapped. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, adhesive or if they just, you know, melted it together somehow. But it's just they've got all these different plastics going into places where it should be paint. And to me, that's super impressive. That shows that they're just not half-assing it. They're doing everything that they can to make it as good as possible. And I, I applaud that. I can't wait to have more of this sort of thing. Unfortunately, probably won't because now we're going into five-point of articulation stuff again. So, But it's uh, one hell of a figure. Barrett, what about you? 
Well, my favorite thing that I got this year, you know, and, and Justin already stole it, was, you know, I had pre-ordered that Avengers Hulk from Hot Toys. You know, I was going to get into the Hot Toys. Hulk is kind of being my focus. Wait, wait, isn't it a doll? It, it's not a doll <laughs> unless it's a human that you can have clothes with stitching. Hulk has clothes with stitching. It's pants. His pants are sewn. I have that Hulk. His, his pants are sewn. He's not a human. He is a human. He's an irradiated human. Uh, Every a, year your rules start. A difference without forward. a distinction, Arnie. No, he's not a doll. If you get the Hulk Bruce Banner 2-pack, are you getting a non-doll with a doll? Yes. You're getting a non-doll with a doll. One's a doll and one is not. Okay. Um, it's not a doll if it can eat you. That's that's my new rule. But this isn't Ultimate Hulk. It's not the Cannibal Hulk. <laughs> Again, you know, I had ordered that, pre-ordered that, and I canceled that order for the Iron Patriot. And when I got that Iron Patriot, it, you know, I had thought maybe I shouldn't cancel it. I should have kept the Hulk. Hulk is my focus. But they, when I opened that package, there was no doubt in my mind I made the right decision. That Hot Toys Iron Patient, it's my first Hot Toys purchase. It's awesome. I take it to work. Every time somebody sees it at work, they want to take it from me or they want to buy it. They have never seen anything like that. I have not dented it up or anything like that. It's something that I will cherish, uh, not just in 2014, but to, to move on. Something that when I went into my collection to sell, that it was not even an option to sell that. So thank you, Justin, for stealing my answer. But that that Hot Toys Iron Patriot was my favorite purchase of 2014 by far. Dabid, what about you? I've got to continue that trend. The whole Hot Toys Iron Man diecast line is just phenomenal. All three of them, War Machine, Iron Patriot, and the Mark 42. When the War Machine went up for order, I was like, I don't need this. It's not even in the movie. I don't care about this. As soon as I saw the pictures, I was ordering it. And I love it. It's amazing. The The Iron Patriot probably has the flashiest colors of the three, but the red and gold on the Mark 42 look really great. All three of them are fantastic. And I know some people were very skeptical about the die cast and because they're going to be $300 around per figure. And some people are like, this will never take off. And I know a lot of people weren't going to order the hot rod. They were. They said they were going to wait for the hot rod to go on gift card or get discounted. And that sold out this week in 26 hours. And I really hope that the uh, diecast line takes off very well for Hot Toys because I'd love to see some more Iron Man armors in it. Marjorie, yours? Well, I didn't buy the thing that was my favorite collectible. I did really love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's you know, very close second to Winter Soldier. And Arnie had bought me the vinyl record. And when you bought it at a certain time, you got an exclusive, very limited edition poster only to people who bought it at this time with your name on it. So I have an official Guardians of the Galaxy poster with my name and, you know, like 200 other people. But it's part of the art and it's really cool. I asked this question and I'm having a real hard time picking it. I mean, if I were to pick something I got this year, it's got to be the Howard the Duckhead from the prop department making that movie. But that's not something made this year or released this year. So I don't know that that counts. So for me, I honestly think it's the 3D plus me Modoc of my face. <laughs> I really think that because it's personalized, I got some items here. I can't go with the Hot Toys Iron Patriot just because that would be four people on this show. And I'm like, well, it's it's obviously a great figure. I can't say enough about it. I also absolutely love the SH Figure Arts Iron Patriot. I think it's a close second to that diecast Hot Toys one, honestly. If you 
just think that the Hot Toys one is too much, too big, too expensive, find this SH Figure Arts one. Get it. It's awesome. I mean, there's just so many competing things. The Galactus and the Apocalypse from Sideshow. Not the Gwen Stacy. Never the Gwen Stacy. (laughs) And I almost did just the entire Kotobukiya Avengers Adi Granov set. But really, it's it's the MODOK I keep coming back to. So I'm going to go with the 3D plus me MODOK. As rudimentary as it is, we reviewed it a couple shows ago. It's not... As good as whatever they're going to be 3D printing five years from now and 10 years from now. But for where we are today, it's just an awesome souvenir. Chris, what about you? I was going to go with the Spider-Man, but since Jeff already took it, I'm going to go with something else that's up there. And it's three words. I am Groot. I have to go with the Marvel Legends Build-A-Figure Groot. I think that is the way a -A Build-A-Figure should be done. I think the articulation that they packed into a figure that tall is awesome. And the poses that you can get him in. And I really think you can't have your Guardians of the Galaxy without Groot because to me, Groot is the movie. I know a lot of the other characters had their moments. So for me, that's the one that that it was. Like I said, I wasn't going to labor to put that together. And I saw the movie and put it together and I was really impressed with what Hasbro did with that figure. Very cool. I'd have to go with Funko's Dancing Baby Groot over the Legends one, though. I'm sorry. It's just... I saw that at Toys R Us recently. It's just, it wins. Hasbro lacks that adorability. They needed the alternate smiling Groot head, like when Groot turns and smiles at the camera. Yes, that would have been awesome to give us the smiling head. Did any of you guys see the customizer who made sculpts of the Groot head not smiling, but screaming? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I got my hands on one of those. I haven't painted it up yet, but it's, it's a pretty good sculpt. So looking ahead to 2015, we're going to go in reverse order here. What is the item either already announced or just really likely you are most looking forward to in the next year? Again, movie or comic based. And this is released, so it may be something you've already pre-ordered. Marjorie? Honestly, I'm really excited for Avengers Age of Ultron. I think that's going to be a kick-ass movie. I bet we're going to have AMC and the other movie theaters doing a marathon again, which is now going to get quite lengthy and involve like a day off work. (laughs) And they've been doing really cool exclusives with that, like a badge and a lanyard and a poster. And this year they've been doing Mondos with some of the Marvel movies, like little mini Mondos, which have been really cool. So I'm kind of excited for that. Chris, what about you? I was going to say the next wave of Marvel Legends that we're supposed to get at the beginning of the year. I like a lot of them in there, but I have to go with the SH figure arts that have been teased. We haven't actually seen any of them yet. They've just kind of teased them behind this uh, kind of translucent material so you can see the outlines of them. But I have a couple of SH figure arts Power Rangers. Yes, I have Power Rangers. And they're just really well done. And I'm looking forward to getting my hands on those and seeing what they kind of articulation they pack into them and just how well done they are. I can tell you that from the ones that I have, they're painted phenomenally. They have all the articulation. They give you extra hands. They give you all the accessories. So while they're a little pricier, they're well worth it. Like I said earlier, if I can ever find that uh, war machine from Iron Man 2 at a decent rate, I'll be jumping on it. Justin, how about you? Well, Marjorie kind of hit on it. But for me, I think... uh, it's going to end up being the summer of the Hulkbuster Iron Man. We, we talked about it before, and we're hoping there's a Diamond Select one. I'm hoping there's a Marvel Legends one. We know there's going to be a Hot Toys one at some point. So I'm just thinking this time next year, we're going to be looking back and being like, 
wow, that was a great Iron Man Hulkbuster. Whoever makes it, I'm sure there'll be a couple. So yeah, I guess that's the big thing that I'm excited for, no matter who ends up coming out with it first. Dabid, what are your thoughts? I'm probably looking forward to, more than anything else, getting my Hot Toys Guardians of the Galaxy figures that went up for pre-order during the summer. And we're, we're still waiting for Drax, and hopefully he'll eventually come. But I can't wait to have Groot and Rocket and Star-Lord and Gamora in hand. And I, I don't know if they would put out any sort of dress-up kit like for a, uh, you know, clothes like they sell for like, Ken and Barbie, but... I would love some prison outfits to put on them and some Red Ravagers outfits. And You're not helping my argument that they're not dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking David more and more and more as uh, I get to know him, actually. Barrett, what about you? You know, what I'm really looking forward to is Comic-Con. You know, they're going to have a lot of exclusive that they have not announced yet. I have not been into a lot of the exclusives in last Comic-Con because I knew I was going to be going to school and saving up and, and what have you. But I am really looking forward to what they're going to be offering. I mean, you're going to have an abundance of exclusives of things to buy there. So I just can't wait to see what the announcements are going to be are, are going to be happening there. So I'm just I'm going to be saving up my pennies and, and waiting and see. Jeff, how about you? Well, on one hand, I was looking forward to the Age of Ultron figures from Hasbro from Marvel Legends, because even though from what I've seen so far, they're pretty much all repaints. I was still going to have to get them to get the build a figure Thanos, even though he's the comic version. It's still it's a, it's a Thanos. I need him. But like Chris said, once Bondi teased that that picture of the SH figure arts, that was it. Um, I may have to actually just not buy the Hasbro figures and just go to eBay and pay the price for the for the Thanos itself. Because in, in fact, in in particular, it's it's going to be the Hulk figure. I I cannot wait to see how that comes to fruition. I'm going to be able to put Hulk in so many wacky poses that you'll it'll make your head spin. It's making mine spin right now, just trying to think of ways to describe it. I'm there with all of you. I'm probably in for the figure arts. I'm definitely in for the legends. Jeff, I think you'll be paying less if you go to our sponsor, Dorkside Toys, and just pre-order the legends there when the time comes versus going to the scalper market for Thanos, especially if you want a Hulk. And then, you know, you can always sell the figures if you decide you don't want the cap and whatever else is in that wave of uh, Valkyrie. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. I mean, even even though like Cap is going to be a straight repaint, that's a great figure. They got into level of sculpting detail on that that even the Marvel Select didn't have. So I really wouldn't mind owning and, and actually just if they pack him with that same shield but in red, then yeah, I absolutely will buy it because that's that's the best shield ever. Mine, I'm there's so again many that I've pre-ordered that are going to be coming in, but I think I got to go with the Titan Heroes Gray Hulk. I just have a feeling that's coming. You have killed the podcast. <laughs> I think everybody was thinking, wait a minute, is that a high-end thing? <laughs> Titanium series? I just Googled it. I just Googled I was like, what is he talking about? Gray Hulk. I'm a Hulk guy. What is it? Oh, my God, Arnie. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Arnie, if, when it comes, if you buy it, I will send you my uh, my Titan series rocket raccoon. You can just pose him next to him. I I got a Rocket Raccoon for free. Uh, I wouldn't buy these Titan series to melt them down for plastic to throw them on somebody to tar and feather. Okay? <laughs> They're that bad. I think that if you melted the plastic down, you could sculpt a better figure. <laughs> 
honestly, legitimately, what I'm looking forward to most is Kotobukiya's X-Men line, the Artifacts Plus. I just think that those are going to knock it out of the park, and they just display so dang well, and I have a place for them. They stand. I don't have to worry about posing them just right, and I don't have to worry about accessories and swappable heads or chase figures and build-a-figures and sloppy paint jobs. I mean, we're all excited for Hasbro now, but then we're going to get it again, you know? It's like getting back with the boyfriend who beat you. But we had good times, except for the bruises. Yeah, Hasbro is like is like the abusive lover, right? Slaps you in the face one second, and then hands you something the next second, and just wants you to forget all about it. It's, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us the past couple of shows. It has been great to talk to you. Of course, Chris, a good friend of ours who we see pretty regularly. It's always great to have you on the show. Jeff and Barrett, who put in so many hours behind the scenes. It's great to have you guys on the show. And Dabid, I go to your website almost daily. I'm so honored that you joined us these past couple of shows and shared your insights. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And so we will be back with our first normal show of the season in two weeks as we start ramping up for Age of Ultron. The countdown begins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There are no strings on me. I had to say it. <laughs> and you said it well. I mean, you yeah, had the bass. I mean, you, it was good. It was really good. <laughs> Wasn't bad, huh? I deserve a raise, Arnie. I deserve a raise. <laughs> well, here's what we're going to give you instead. Why don't you send us out with the all that and more? Oh, man. I get to do this once a year. Let me try not to mess it up. All that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade toys in the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4. That's 803-627-8354. Or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Marvelicious podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Curtis and Jeff. Announcements by Brock. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all that the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media Production copyright 2014, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated.
This will be in 2014. Yeah, 2015. so it's the two, 2015 look ahead. No, yeah, but we're in 2015. Yeah. This is 2015. Jesus, we're really jumping forward. Yeah, I'm confused. What? There are Mark 4,128 <laughs> armors by Hot Toys. Arnie's now. still all in. We live in literally a <laughs> hall of armor. And I got a shipping notice for my play Imaginative. <laughs> Oh, thank God you guys showed up. I was sitting here for two weeks, locked in. I forgot to bring my key. Oh, did you guys bring any food? <laughs> While you were in here, did you at least take some pictures of some hot toys for me? I took pictures, but they will never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need a new toothbrush? Is this why my Mark II stinks now? What? I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that may serve to incinerate me. Anyone who's listened to the bloopers from David Vonner about Chewbacca knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Half this podcast will be redacted. <laughs> Chris. Did you lose somebody? Uh, they put up Emma Frost. I believe that was after uh, Thor. I might be wrong. Uh, Emma. As we both go to our respective blogs for pre-order information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a doll if it can eat you. That's that's my new rule. But this isn't Ultimate Hulk. It's not the Cannibal Hulk. <laughs> Again, I canceled that order. Wait, I've had some inflatable dolls that can eat me. Do those count? Uh, those count, yes. <laughs> and there we have it. And there we have it. <laughs> it is a doll. Um... <laughs> I just got the joke. Oh my <laughs> Wow. Wow. I don't know what's wrong with me. Try to be on my best behavior, Arnie. And oh, there is no well, best behavior here. <laughs> I understand that now. <laughs> All that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys podcast. We can fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to say it normally? Faster no, and do, more do, intense. Do it in the old one voice. <laughs> okay, here, I'll say it one more time. Thanks, Arnie. I don't mind if I do. All that and more on the next Marvelous Toys podcast. Now give me a take as Ultron. All right. There are no strings on all that and more on the next Marvelous Toys po- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had it. Ultron's shorter to fuse somewhere. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>